0: Amen turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 14 Luke chapter 14 man what a day of celebration Luke chapter 14 when you get there say amen Amen. praise God praise God we're gonna be talking about a great supper a great supper I don't know about you but what is it about a great barbecue come on who likes a great barbecue We like that. How many of you are gassers? How many? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. How many of you are charcoalers? (laughs) How many of you are smokers? (laughs) Be careful on gasser and smoker today. (laughs) Why is it? Why is it that guys are like really into barbecues? Really? I mean, they're like into it. It's like... This is our domain, this is our place. Women, keep back. This is our space. It's like they equate it with like it's something spiritual or something. Like like it's so complex that, that, that you're like, step away. Step away, step away from the barbecue. It's, it's like a guy thing, but uh, guys, I hate to tell, it, tell sell this, but I'm sorry, but women probably can do it better than us. We just don't really give them that chance to do it. But uh, So we got guys doing the barbecue, and then we got girls doing the kitchen thing. And if we used to ask everybody, what is your favorite meal, there probably wouldn't be a lot of barbecues, but we'd all have a kitchen meal, so women... We always take what you do for granted, but how many know the kitchen thing is a big deal too, Amen Woohoo women. So uh, what I would do is just say, "Hey, man, whenever you want to do the barbecue, you go for it because that gives you a chance that you don't have to do it but But what is it about a barbecue? I did it a few weeks ago, and I like it because everybody gets together everybody's happy, everybody's clowning around, and when they bite into those ribs, they're like, oh, man, Dad, these are so good. These are so moist. Oh, and then last time they were like, man, this is better than the barbecue. Oh, man, they were stroking, Dad. This is better than the barbecue place. So, so we was really into that, but I just love the joy of seeing them happy. I love the joy women I, I know when you labor in the, the kitchen and making food and some of you guys you are laboring, and when they don't even say anything my wife gets on to me before I even taste it I'm throwing pepper on it and I'm throwing different spices and she's like you're putting stuff on it and you haven't even tasted it yet but uh, we appreciate good food we appreciate enjoying food and 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 doing that but Jesus I, I think he was the best barbecuer, and I know he's the greatest partier. I, I used to party like crazy, but when I got into Christianity and Christ, it's better than any partying that I've ever been able to do. Anybody say amen to that? It's different. Pure's the best. Pure's the best. But, but this enjoyment, you like to see this. Well, Jesus, maybe he was the best barbecue expert. Maybe he was the best at, at throwing a party, and he said in this scripture in Luke 14, 16, it says that he throws a huge party. And it says, he said unto them, a certain man gave a great supper or a great party and invited many. Notice it says that he gave. We're talking about communion today. Karen, that's beautiful how you set that up. Uh, we're talking about communion and, and the supper of the Lord, the the bread and the table that we're going to do at the end of this service. But a certain man gave a great supper, a bread, of of the wine that we'll have. A great supper, and he invited many. But notice it says he gave a great supper. He didn't make a great supper, he gave a great supper. And I want you to think about when your friends invite you over. They say, hey, let's go out to eat. How many of your friends say, we're going to do that, but if you don't care, bring the meat, bring the potatoes, bring the corn, bring your cuttery, and bring your utensils and your plates. How many say that they don't do that? They invite you to come, and they give you the meal, and they share it with you. Well, today when we're taking communion, I want you to think about this is something that Christ gave to you. And there's nothing that you can bring to him that, that has any equality or any substance to it. That, that we need to come to him poor in spirit, knowing that we lack. It doesn't matter if you feel like you lack a lot, or you feel like you lack a little. Or if you made a lot of mistakes, or a few mistakes. It doesn't matter. The point is, we all come to the supper, and it's something that he gave, and it's nothing that we can do to earn. So I think that's a powerful point. But uh, how many of you expect your friends to pay? How many, uh, how many friends do you have that when it is pay time, they're like, oh, I forgot my billfold. We had a guy, Uncle Mori. Every time we went out to eat with Uncle Mori, he always forgot his billfold. Anybody have a friend that forgets their billfold every time? Come on now. All right. So uh, anyway, Jesus doesn't forget his billfold. He's paid for it. It's a great feast. And I think about what was it that they were serving at that great supper? I mean, what was in that drink? What was in that drink? Have you ever had, has anybody ever had one drink or one thing that you drank and it made you never thirst again? I mean, maybe uh, some might say, man, I've had some awful good rum and coke. Or I've had some seven and seven. Or I've had some good tea. Or I've had some uh, good Starbucks coffee. But how many know that we thirsted again? even at the well when jesus when the woman at the well was bringing up water and jesus said ask her would you give me a drink and she said sure she was first surprised that he even talked to her hey don't be surprised god will talk to any of any of us it doesn't matter where you've been who you are what you look like he'll talk to any anybody he never shuns one person amen so he talked to her and, and he said hey could i get a drink and then they drank and he said hey You know that this water that you drink of, you're going to thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I can give you, you're never going to thirst again. Brothers and sisters, never forget that point when you had a deep down body thirst that nothing could satisfy it. A relationship, education, marriage, money, toys, adventures, vacations, fill in the blank. Nothing could satisfy that inner thirst, but when we come to Jesus God makes us like that our creator There's something in us that you you can try if you want or you can just give up today and give your heart to the Lord But we're all created in a way where nothing's gonna fat satisfy your thirst until you drink of Jesus and drink of his life In him is that life. So what was in that drink? What was in that bread? What was that bread laced with? You think of bread, when we eat bread, it brings sustenance. I mean, if you have good carbs in your diet, it gives you a good kind of an energy. If you have a, it gives you a sustenance. It gives you the ability to do your day. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And when you eat of me and you partake of my life, and even the word, when we read the word, when we have a discipline of reading the Bible, even if it's just a few sentences a day, that's like bread as we have physical bread. That's how we have our spiritual bread. But when we eat of that bread or we come and we hear the word at church, you leave and you're like energized. You're more positive. You're more, you have a better outlet, outlook or a new perspective. This is the bread that Jesus can give us. Brothers and sisters, Jesus said man can't live by bread alone but by every word which comes out of my mouth. You know, I've tried living my life in a lot of different ways in the way that I wanted to live it. And then maybe at times I stumbled onto something in Scripture. Or maybe at times somebody shared something with me. I loved that testimony of Roger where at work people were sharing and they were having transaction and and talking. Hey, did that make some of you guys want to talk more about the Lord at work? Seeing that that's really what got him to Christ was people talking about Christ and having those discussions at work but however it came to you that bread or that word began to bring life to you brothers and sisters the bread is life Jesus gives us a supper he made he didn't make a supper he gave a supper to us there's nothing that we can bring to it and he's not expecting you to pay for anything or to bring anything and it's going to be the best supper that you've ever had well, when he did all that, um, he, he, he did all that, and he sent the people out and started to invite people. Uh, the Bible says that all of a sudden, with one accord, they began to make excuses. I want to talk to you today about excuse making. You know, a lot of times we make excuses. We give reasons why we're like, I can't really live for the Lord. You know, the one guy... I forgot to write it in my notes, but the the one guy said this. Here's the three excuses that were in the Bible. The one guy said this. He said, hey, I bought some land, and I can't come to your great supper. I can't come to your party because my excuse is I bought some great land, and I need to go look at it. What a lame excuse. How many of you buy a house without going and walking through the house? How many of you would buy a piece of land or a business or buy something and not go look at it? And then the next excuse was this. He said, hey, I bought some oxen. Or I bought me a Mercedes. Or I bought me a Ford F-250 pickup truck. Or whatever it is, whatever you buy, whatever transportation. This guy said, hey, I bought some oxen. I need to go and listen to this. I need to go test them. How many people buy a 40 or 60,000 car and you don't test drive it? Come on. How ridiculous of an excuse it was because they didn't test it. They were excuses. Now this third one may have a little bit of validity. This third guy, he said this, "Hey, I just got married. <laughs> and my wife said I couldn't come." Now, that might have some validity. That one might have some validity. Uh, but really, when Jesus was saying it, he's like, that one doesn't have any validity either. But they were all lame excuses. If I start thinking of some excuses that I might have had or that I've heard other people say, I think one of the big ones is I feel judged. I mean, coming to church, you know, it's a scary thing. Seriously, it's a scary thing to show up at church. I remember the first time I went to church, it was a scary thing. I sat in the back. And here's what didn't make my first church experience very good. is I was already feeling judged. That, that, that's why I'm careful about thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Where I say, don't, 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 when Jesus said, I did, did, did. And I think we get more, we need to get our focus more on what Jesus did than what people aren't doing. But 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 anyway, I, I was thinking about that, and, and I was sitting in the back, and this is a true story. The guy stood up and he goes, Hey you! On the back row, you need to get up here and get right with God or get out of here. True story. I jumped up and I yelled, hey! and i put it up and i yelled it and then i stayed outside of that church and i walked back and forth for a couple hours waiting for that worm to come out because i wanted to you know i wanted but i already felt judged i already knew what i was the second one i'm not good enough you know you know what i am and what i do god you can't forgive me of all this stuff that's one reason i didn't come to christ i felt like a piece of you know what there's nothing there for me I'm not a religious person and I really don't care about these types of con uh, of conversation because actually they're kind of explosive and can agitate there's nothing there for me I'm not religious and I don't care about these kind of topics if I go to church and, vi- and find Jesus this is a big one you're wrecking my social life I mean people think that you're wrecking my social life. There's things I mean we start thinking about what we got to change and here's what I want to ask you is God telling you to make them changes or are you making that list? I think God's saying come unto me and don't even let church people to start skinning you and cleaning you work out your own salvation because I'll tell you what people start capital, people start making their list of do's and don'ts and rights and wrongs and I'm like, where'd you come up with this list? I mean, some people's like, don't do this one, don't do this one, and don't do this one. And then you see their gossiping mouth bigger than the Mississippi River, and you see a critical spirit that's ridiculous, and they ooze with poison of criticalness and bitterness. Oh, but I don't smoke or commit adultery. Good for you. Those things are listed in the same with all those. You better watch out, church people, that you look down your noses at people. I'm telling you, I don't look down my nose at anybody because I know what I am. I don't, I don't care if you feel like you've been forgiven a little or much. If you think that you don't need God's forgiveness, you're self-righteous. And you think that your righteousness is by your works and you feel good about you. We need to feel good about him. We need to be, feel good about his grace. And all that, all that does, ju- that judgmentalness, all it does is it, c- is it creates competition in a church. And it makes people think they're better of. And you know what the church becomes? The same thing that we have out there in the world. Let's get some love in the church. Let's get some acceptance in the church. Let's get some people that are encouraging one another. The Bible says to spur one an- another unto good works and to love. That's where we need to be spurring and that's where we need to be kicking is helping people to love one another and helping people to to provoke them into good works. I'll tell you a bony finger down my face telling me what I'm not never provoke me to do anything but believing in somebody and telling them they can and what God sees you know what you're supposed to say with your mouth? What God sees You know what you're supposed to think with your head? What God thinks. You know what you're supposed to do with your heart? Do what God does. And I'll tell you, God's thoughts for people is He sees them. He sees the past, present, and future all at the same time. And He loves them all at the same time, and He loves them the same way. Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Where's Minnie today? Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Man, I told my wife I didn't feel much passion today. I had a garage sale for two days. I ain't used to that kind of hard work. Pastors don't do anything. I mean, we just, we sleep till noon. And then we play golf. Man golf's off. Religious conversations always create tension. I don't want to talk about this religious stuff and experiment with it. Because I don't know enough about it. I, I think you almost have to trust. Sometimes I'm like, I know you don't know me, but will you trust me? Like, like, oh gosh, fixing a house. When you hire people to fix your house, they come in and they start telling you, I need to do this, you need to do this. Or when you're taking your car to the mechanic, I, I finally get to where I say, you're either jacking with me or you're making it straight you're either telling me the truth or you're not telling me the truth you're either gouging me or you're treating me right did I say that in a way there but I got it one of those three four or five ways I tried country boy hillbilly city person all right we tried them all well however it is I always just finally do this hey I'm not a mechanic I gotta trust you do what you think's right Chad, that's why your business, people wait three weeks to get you because you built trust. You know, sometimes you got to trust the person giving the word because you haven't read the whole Bible. And that's why I try hard to just be real and to keep it real. Um, That's what drew me is keeping it real. And um, the way I see it is if we get to a point where you maybe trust your church a little bit, Or trust your leadership, trust their interpretation of the word, um, that maybe our lives can get better. Are are we trying to get better? Isn't that what we're trying to do, get better? So what kind of guests did Jesus invite to this great supper? Uh, He said to his servant, go out quickly in the streets and the lanes of the city and bring them in here. The poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it's done. And still there's room. Hey, how many know there's always room at the cross for you? There's always room for one more. And then he said, bring in the poor. I want you to think about that. Bring in the poor. Bring in the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Okay? And and Jesus went after those. This is spiritually speaking. Blind is people that can't see. That's why when you're praying for people, and you you can write this down, I think it's, it's either 2 Corinthians 4 or 1 Corinthians 4. It teaches you how to pray for people that don't know Christ. But one of the things you do is you say, Lord, take the blinders off their eyes so they can see truth. Because the enemy blinds people where they can't see truth. That's why the Bible says that a natural person or a worldly person, they don't understand the Bible. They think it's crazy. Do you know a worldly person thinks it's crazy they don't get it because the bible says that a natural mind doesn't understand spiritual things so what do you do with that hey what do you do what do you do if you're a natural person and you can't understand spiritual things you get born again born again is this it's when you ask jesus in your heart and when you ask jesus in your heart he takes your spirit out Listen, this is the word. Trust me on this. And he puts his spirit in. And then the Bible says that spirit speaks to spirit. And spirit teaches spirit. The Bible says that the whole Bible written in your heart, the whole Bible's written in your mind. You'll find yourself doing things that you didn't even know was in the Bible. And then you'll read it and you're like, whoa, I've been doing that. Why? Because it's written in your heart and in your minds. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, the, 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 the spirit does it. The Spirit shows it illuminates. So, so that's blind people. Poor, maimed, maimed are people that, that have things that are cut off and stuff. You know, there's things that, limbs that we don't have. Body limbs and stuff that keep us where we can't function fully in life. You know, there's limbs in, the, in God that makes us more functional. Things like that. I want to concentrate on this poor for just a minute. Because some of you are like, Pastor, I'll have you know me and my wife. Six figures, baby. I'm making more money than I've ever made. We're not talking about poor, meaning finances, because I know a lot of rich people that are very poor. Are you all with me? Jesus gives an example. I hope the guys up there have this scripture, because I think I put it in late. But Luke four seventeen through 29 in the New King James Version says he was handed the book of Isaiah, Jesus was. And when he opened the book, he found a place. And by the way, the place that he found was Isaiah, was it 61? 61. And Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want to say something about that. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Back in the old days, in the Old Testament, trust me on this. Trust me on this the holy spirit would just come upon people and it was just priests and prophets and kings But the reason the new testament so often is so awesome is because because jesus Broke the wall of partition between god and man And he took care of your sin and he took care of your the bad relationship the falling out with god He took care of all that to where now god takes his holy spirit and puts it in you Listen to this. God makes you an ambassador to where you can do the same things Jesus did. You can heal. You can preach. No, you, Brian. No, 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 no. You. You can proclaim liberty to people that are on drugs. You can help people be healed of depressions. And you can give good counts. No, 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 no. That's you. No. We're called to equip the saints so they can do the ministry. Okay? Okay? And you guys do that wonderfully, by the way. Um, When you think of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, think of it in your belly. Because Jesus said in John 7, out of your belly shall flow fountains of living water. And then it said this he spoke of about the Holy Spirit. So we know when you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in your heart. Now, when you need to do something that's outside of you, how many of you ever have God ask you to do something outside of you? Anybody ever have that happen? And your heart starts going, and then you give 50 excuses why you can't do it. And then you say you don't know the word, and you ought to go have pastor do it and all this. But you just got to do it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Think of this, that the Holy Spirit comes up. I like the word upon. The Spirit came upon them. The Spirit came up and then on. And anointing is the ability to do something you can't do. So you have the Spirit that can come up on you where you can help all kinds of people. Anybody out here got a heart you want to help people? I know you do. I know everybody does. But Jesus, the Spirit was upon him, and he was anointed. I just told you what anointing was. Anointing is having this is so cool you know acts 10 38 says this it says how jesus was anointed of the holy spirit and he went about doing good that's acts 10 38 i'd write that down acts 10 38 get this you guys jesus was god and he emptied himself and became a human so he needed the holy spirit to do the work of the ministry just like we do he did the example of everything so so you're saying oh I'm just a man, I'm just a woman, I can't do these things. Jesus was a man. He came as a human and the spirit came upon him and anointed him and he went about doing good. He even said, "I can't do anything." Everybody say anything. anything. I can't do anything. This we're talking about Jesus who was the word that says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and Thus was in the beginning all create Jesus was there in the creation. He emptied himself of the deity and then he, he he's like uh, he, he, he he was filled with it. He was a man and he can are y'all with me You're a woman say I'm a woman and I can because Christ makes me be able to do anything say I'm a man come on say I'm a man come on men I'm a man and I can because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me his spirit comes upon me but the word shows you he. the word shows us who poor people are poor people are these kind of people I I love this it says to preach the gospel bring it up to preach the gospel Luke 4 17 to preach the gospel to the poor to the poor he has sent but notice the poor has a semicolon to preach the look at that everybody say semicolon he's getting ready to define what a poor person is here's a poor person to preach the gospel or to talk to people that are poor. Poor people need to be healed of brokenheartedness. Poor people need liberty proclaimed upon them because they're captive by the enemy. Poor people can't see because they're blind. Poor people need liberta- liberated because they're oppressed. How many people are oppressed and depressed and you even have to take medicine and stuff? I've had to take medicine before, so I don't judge you. In fact, I'm going to lie to you. I I still take 10 grams of medicine because I struggle with depression. But I'm going to get, or I struggle with anxiety. But here's what I, you know what? Here's where I'm at with that. And that man, stand up, Pastor. Stand up. Pastor Tim gave me a word about a month ago that set me free. Him and his wife. This is a guy that's church planting in Rockford. That this church is going to support that ministry. He ministered to me the other day. He said, "Brian, I'm like Paul. I'm like you. Know how many times I've said, said, God, deliver me from anxiety.' How many's done it? God, deliver me. How many? Anything you fill in the blank. God, deliver me from. And then it just keeps hitting you in the face. And you have your good days and your bad days. Actually, I'm on a good run right now. I'm I'm to a point where I I. I have to set alarm for the medicine cuz I forget God's doing something in me I just noticed that I don't know I think he's healing my eyes and I didn't even ask him I, I'm I'm I can read my notes and I did not used to be able. and I just today I thought I think my eyes are getting healed <laughs> I didn't even ask for that one but um I, I asked him Paul said I went to the Lord three times and said deliver me from this And the Lord didn't deliver him. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. That in your weakness, there am I made strong. Do you know when anxiety hits me? Come here, buddy. Here's when anxiety hits me. When I have to do what I'm doing right now, preaching. That's when anxiety hits me. And so I came in and said, Bob, I'm very anxious today. And I'm scared to death. And he says, can I pray with you? You're going to be just fine. God's going to help you. I left and I said, Carmen, look at my hands today. Carmen, my jaw's shaking. Because I'm, I'm wore out from that. You, you get physically wore out. And I'm like, "Geez, Lord, I'm doing this for you. And, and then the enemy throws up how you're a worthless piece of junk. and t- remind You know the enemy will take the Bible and he'll go, you're not this, this. He used the Bible against you. That's why I'm like, don't tell people what they already know what they are. Tell them what they can be. Tell them what they can be. But um, here, you know what? Anxiousness. I'm still asking God to take it. Anxiousness pushes me to this. Oh God, heaven! You, if you don't show up, we're dead today. <laughs> if you don't give me some passion, it's gonna be boring. Uh, God if you don't give me words oh it's real scary when you're thinking about what you preach and you you look down and those words don't make a lick of sense I mean all this stuff but God's grace is sufficient everybody just say thank you for your grace you know can I just Brian can I just summarize summarize what we what I wanted to say today we covered a lot of stuff if you want to write something down here's what it is to think less of our mistakes, failures, hang-ups, bad habits and remember to focus on the finished work of the cross and what Jesus did. To, to to somehow quit making these lame excuses that's keeping me from God because he wants me to succeed and he wants to give me success. You know, George Washington Carver said 99% of failures come from people who have the habit of making excuses. So I just wanted to say, Brian, will you quit making excuses? Me. Brian, will you keep making excuses today? And then the third thing is, Brian, me, you, say it to yourself. God loves you right where you're at. And he's made you this. Write down 1 Corinthians and read it this week. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. It says, God has made you wise. You're not stupid. God has made you Righteous you're righteous if you don't feel righteous god has made you righteous god has made you sanctified that means holy clean and god has redeemed me what there's another fancy word redeem just means he redeemed you from death physical sickness and emotional discord as the people come forward we're going to take communion today we're going to take communion today please as your heads are bowed As your heads are bowed, please, I don't want you to remember all your failure right now. With every head bowed, I just feel like God wants me to ask a question. Would everybody, just in respect to people, bow your head? Because I want people to work with me here. Make a little space between you and the person beside you. So you can do this without anybody knowing. Hold up just a minute, ushers, please. But I wanna ask you, do you feel filthy? Do you feel that God's frustrated with you? Do do you feel unworthy to take communion? Lift up your hand, nobody's looking. Come on, lift them up all over the place. Do you feel unworthy today? Lift them up, lift them up, lift them up all over. Do you feel unworthy? Do you feel judged today? Do, Do you feel unworthy? okay i want you to focus on the finished work of christ today i want you to get your mind off what you aren't what you did what you should have done what you feel guilt about and i want you to put all that on jesus because the bible says this he was wounded for my transgressions in other words he was wounded for the things that you're feeling bad about right now he did it he was wounded for my transgressions he was bruised for my sins listen to this the chastisement for my peace was upon him. How many of you feel chastened? You, you feel you're being disciplined or, or you're being, that, that, that you deserve to be punished. No, you don't. That's a lie from the enemy. Right now, if you feel like you deserve punishment for your actions, say, No, I don't. Say, No, I don't. No, I don't. Because the word says that he was chastened. He was chastened. He took your judgment. And then by his stripes upon Jesus' back, we're healed. We're healed. Our relationship with God is healed. Our, he's healing our relationship with others. And also, he heals our body. Okay, ushers, if you would hand out the, the drinks and the drink and the bread. If you're here new today, we have open communion. If you, if you are born again and you believe Jesus to be Lord of your life, you grab one of those cups. And when you get that cup, there's two on top of the other. Kind of twist them counterclockwise. They, sometimes they stick a little bit. If you try to pull them, you spill it everywhere. So just kind of twist it. And then hold each in your hand. And I'm going to give you a minute. And I want you to think about what Jesus did and what he, what he gave you. And I don't want you to tell him everything that you're going to do and everything that you haven't done. Begin to just, just say, Lord, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for cleansing. Say thank you for loving me. You know when my kids used to do wrong and I knew they did wrong, they would try to tell me what their wrong was and I'd go, ha, hush, 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 hush. Don't even say it. You got it. You got the point. Don't even say it. It doesn't matter. Oh, but, 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 but. Don't even say it. Right now, don't even say it, just thank Jesus for his blood. Oh, but you're supposed to confess. You've confessed, trust me, that's why you feel so bad. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for believing in me, Jesus. Thank you for working out a relationship that's bad. Don't bring anything to him today. He brought it to you. Jesus took the bread. If you'll hold the cup with the bread he said this is my body which was broken for you my body was bruised beaten for your sins a crown of thorn pierced my head and nails went through my hands I was pierced for your sins there's only one time Jesus didn't call God father every time Jesus addressed God as father but only on the cross, he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So, right now, Jesus, you took my chastisement where you were even forsaken on the cross so that I don't be forsaken from the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And some of you that need a physical healing, when you eat that bread, believe you're healed. If you need spiritual healing, believe you're healed. So, taking. Eat this bread in Jesus' name. Hold the cup up. This is a cup of the New Testament. The, the New Testament was thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. The New Testament is I will, I will, I will, I will. I did, I did, I did, I did. And right now I want you to just say thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for fulfilling the law that I can't fulfill. Thank you for making my relationship right with God. Thank you for forgiving me of my past, present, and the future sins I'm going to do. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Somebody say thank you. Thank you. I believe it should be a celebration. Thank you. Thank you for new life. Take and drink it. Hallelujah, I always get chills down my back when I drink that cup. Ushers are gonna come forward. Pass your cups to the end. I wanna leave you with this today. Things I want you to practice this week. Things I want you to practice this week. Cause we all wanna get better, right? How many wanna get better? How many want a better life? Better relationships? Come on, we wanna get better. So we need to practice. As you go through this week, you're going to be faced with decisions to make a choice for God. You're going to be at a road where you go God's road or your road. Everybody look at me. Just one time this week, if you have a choice 50 times, one time this week, take God's road. Because that's one more than you did last week. And then next week we'll take three trips, all right? Who will say I'll take one? I, I'll do. Hey, here's another thing I want you to do this week. When you get in an argument, I challenge you one time this week to let it go and I have to be right. Come on, somebody say, it. woo, that's going to help your marriage. And I, I'm even going to really challenge you to do it twice. Third thing I want you to do, if you feel stupid this week, I want you to say, I'm wise. If you feel unrighteous, I want you to say, I'm righteous. If you feel sinful, I want you to say, I'm sanctified. Amen? I had to throw this one in from last week. I don't want you just to listen this week to someone. Come on, relationship. We don't want to just listen, but we want to pay attention. Oh, I wished I wouldn't have preached that one every one of you guys after church when my mind's going like this all over the place you're like pastor i was just talking what i say and i'm like i don't know what you said (laughs) they said you're not paying attention all right brian's gonna pay attention all right i want to see you next week and i'm going to give you some more and your life is going to get better and better that's why you go to this church and that's why you keep Come into this church, because your life is getting better and better. Amen. I'm going to do my best to get something to bring to you next week. And I want you to come. But here's what it's going to be on. How do we keep a happy heart? Let's stand to our feet. We got prayer people up here because Jesus said, My house shall be a house of prayer. If you need prayer for encouragement, healing, salvation, if you want to be baptized, If you're discouraged, anything, come on, prayer team. Come forward. They're ready for you. God bless you in the name of Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We'll see you next